afternoon Rotoboners. Welcome back. Pete Davidson here as always with another edition of the Rotobomb podcast and finally, finally, a full slate of NFL DF action. Uh, let's enjoy this for however long uh, we are lucky enough uh, to have it last. Um, had a little fun with the intro there. Hope you guys liked it. Um, feeling, I don't know if patriotic is the right word, but I'm, I'm Feeling some love for my country these days. Really concerned about our brothers and sisters out on the West Coast. Um, I hope these fires calm down sooner rather than later. And uh, I hope that life gets back to, uh, to some semblance of normalcy within the paradigm of a pandemic, which we're already dealing with. Anyway, I'm thinking about all you folks. Um, we got a lot to do today. And uh, I'll, I'll just get out in front of this right now. Um, this is not going to be the final Rotobomb podcast this week. I fully intend on dropping uh, another 20 minutes tomorrow morning once I've got uh, more of my ducks in a row. I know a lot of you guys like the Sunday morning pods, and for those of you who don't, you, you can always skip it. So uh, I'm just throwing out throwing that, that out you know, a little early so you guys know it's coming. Um, so what do we do on a week like this? We got a full slate. I'm going to be focusing on the Sunday slate. Um, I am toying with the idea of maybe doing an afternoon podcast while I'm watching football to talk about um, the short slate, uh, Sunday night, Monday night, that kind of stuff. Depends how much energy I have. Depends if I'm getting into the whiskey. Um, it's and you can probably hear it. I'm, I'm not my usual snappy self. I it started, you know. Uh, with drafts on Monday, and my Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday drafts went really late, uh, and uh, <laughs> I just haven't had a lot of sleep this week, so this is, uh, it's been challenging, I'm not going to lie, uh, but, uh, you know, luckily the passion for DFS sort of pushes through. This is an interesting slate, so what do we do uh, when the slate is going to feature, you know, what, you know, could probably best be described as uh, loose defensive play, um, you know, missed assignments. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot of safeties and quarterbacks pointing fingers at each other this week uh, while there are celebrations going on in the end zone. It's going to be that kind of week. Um, you know, uh, some deep balls, sure, but I think we're going to see short balls that turn into deep balls. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of missed tackles. Um, so if you can triangulate the touches, this is a great week for it. You're going to get a lot of value out of those touches. The problem is I think there's going to be a lot of teams that are resting players. There's going to be a lot of snap counts out there. So we really want to do the best we can uh, to focus on players who can, who can exploit the paradigm that we talked about, missed assignments, uh, missed tackles. And we want to focus on guys with workloads we can trust. Um, 
and we want to use what we know about game theory uh, to up our odds. We want to focus on stacks that really work, um, you know, comeback stacks against players where that's going to be workable. So we take a quarterback. Um, Russell Wilson's a great example. We'll get to it at some point, but we know Russell thrives fantasy-wise when the other team is scoring points against him. So if I'm stacking Russell Wilson, uh, lots of ways to stack him on his own team, but bringing back one key Falcon in that, I think, is really a good move on any week, but I think particularly on a week like this. Um, okay, so what we're going to do here, uh, I'm going to do my very best to keep this podcast, you know, at about an hour. Um, we're going to do a quick, sw- well, my version of what's a, a quick slate walk. Um, and then we'll go through, um, you know, what I think with the various position groups and stuff like that. Uh, tomorrow morning's podcast will probably be a little bit more about, you know, hey, here's some lineup constructions that I, I seem to like, you know, pre-lineup lock. We'll see what I think about the post-lineup lock. Um, but this really is a week, before we do the slate walk, this is a week where you need to embrace the variance because variance is going to be everywhere. Unpredictability is going to be happening all over the place. So we want to search for the guys who can be those unpredictable players, sure. But I think the thing you want to get away from, in my opinion, on a week like this, is trying to worry, you know, you know, unless you're setting a gajillion lineups, in which case this probably is not the podcast for you. Um But this is a week, again, to focus on the game theory, to worry about, is this a good lineup? Just make good lineups. Don't worry about, you know, do I have enough of player X? You know, oh, I feel like I'm, 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 you know, I've got FOMO on this player over here. How do I get him in the lineups, folks? Again, unless you're just doing a ton of lineups this week, you are going to have to live with the FOMO. There's just, you can't have all of what's good on this week. Um, And there are going to be things that come from out of nowhere uh, that, that break um, events. So really, I think, play the things that make sense to you. Play the things that work with your gut. Don't overextend yourself and put your whole bankroll on the line this week because it's going to be a volatile week. It's better to just play the things that you think are good, put them in the tournaments that you think fit the approach, and have some fun this week. Um, Hopefully that made sense. Let's get into this slate walk. Okay, so we're going to go through these things... uh, in order, well, the order I've got them on my spreadsheet. Um, first game up, Seattle at Atlanta. Obviously, this is a pretty big game. You know, whether you want to be involved in it or not, it's just going to be a big game in terms of how the slate plays out because I think a lot of people are going to be heavily involved. Um, I, you know me, I'm never big on playing Matt Ryan in fantasy. When I do, it tends to just blow up in my face. Um, so, out of respect to all you guys who might want to play him, I'm going to stay away so he's safe. <laughs> but um, uh, you know, Wilson, I think, is the guy I'm really interested in this game. I want to, I'm going to have limited Russ exposure, but I'm committed to having Russ exposure. Um, you know, are they going to air quote, let him cook? Are we going to get the game conditions where he's forced to cook? Obviously, that's sort of what it's about. The thing I really like here is you've got clarity of target distribution. So, you know, you go with Lockett, you go with Medcalf, hey, maybe you go crazy and go with both. But, you know, the stackability here is very nice. And the pricing, I mean, DK Metcalf at 5800 um, I think as I mentioned um, uh, on the lineup rankings, uh, you know, clearly, I mean, your eyes just go to Metcalf here. Maybe the Sharps are going to play Lockett for differentiation. I could see that being a winning move. To me, there's real no rhyme or reason as to which one of these guys might go off. Um, so I like the Russ stack with one of his guys, and then I like sort of the correlation play on the other side, because as we know, Russ generally, if he goes off, his opponent did as well, so there's really no reason not to grab a piece, um, 
you know, from Atlanta, and you can use budget to decide which one. I mean, Hearst is viable at 43 if you're low on money. I think Ridley is sort of the the, the sweet spot for me, the strike zone. Um, 61 is something I can usually fit in. Um, you know, if you really want to go to sort, you know, go a little bit uh, contrarian, you could go with Gurley. Um, you know, play Gur, you know, Gurley big game, multiple touchdown. Atlanta gets out to a lead, and then you get you know the Russ bombshell the rest of the way. Uh, you know, that could work. Now, I don't like Gurley in this matchup, so it's it's counterintuitive. Um, but again, I think that is the way to approach this week, to get into your game theory, to project the game, and then to make a lineup that's consistent with game flow. Um, and if you get the right game flow, you can hit a home run. Um, so there's just there's a lot to like in this game. Um, I, I, I suppose you could do... Um, I mean, I wouldn't touch the Atlanta defense, but at 2,400, you could make some arguments um, for ways that the Seattle defense could hit. Um, I think I'm really excited to see how they're going to do with Jamal Adams on the back end. He could uh, he could really take them, uh, well, sort of back to the past, if you will. Um, so I think this is a really good game. I think Carson's in play. Uh, Carson stacked with uh, the Seahawks defense is, is not outrageous. Um, now, I, I would limit my exposure to Carson. I don't really expect to have any, to be honest. But, I mean, he's not a bad play. Uh, you know, the, the obvious concern here is, and I think this is even more of a concern, if we get the blowout, you know, let's say, hypothetically, Seattle's up multiple scores in the second half. Well, they're going to run. You know that. And if you've got Carlos Hyde and you've got a big lead, why would you wear out your your lead dog when you can just put a guy who's really not that far off in behind him? So, you know, to me, the big lead, then you maybe go to Hyde. Um, so that's one more reason I'm a little worried about Carson because I think the, the best game script possible for him could end up hurting him. Um, is there anything we else... Anything else we want to hit in this game? Um, I mean, well, obviously Julio is a phenomenal play, and, and he goes to what we were talking about uh, just a couple minutes ago about we want guys where we know that workload's going to be there. The role is locked in. Uh, you know, Ryan to Julio is the kind of thing you want to be involved in this week because we know what it is. They know what it is. They don't. They could have. They could have come out and played a game in June without any practices, right? These are the type of connections we want to focus in on this week. So I think Ryan, um, either one of his receivers work for me, and certainly I think for some of you guys, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> but for some of you guys, you know. Getting some some of Matt Ryan is is certainly not out of quest out of the question. Um, okay, let's drop down because again, I want to try to get this in. I can do an hour on every game, so some of these games are so interesting. But um, <laughs> let's go to a game that's not that interesting. And yes, of course, I'm talking about the Jets. Um, you know, the Bills. You know, are interesting, and um, certainly this is a game where you do have some angles you could look at. I mean, on the Jets side, you're looking at pretty narrow target distribution, but unfortunately you're looking at, you know, uh, rampant incompetency, and you're also looking at a, a team that wants to play as so, slow as humanly possible, and they want to use Frank Gore. So, you know, <laughs> yes, Crowder is well-priced. He's probably going to get a lot of targets. Yes, Perryman is well-priced. Probably a good bet for some targets. Chris Herndon at 3300 definitely is in play. But you know the idea that any of these any of these guys is going to pop off for the monster game, I don't know about that. And then we would have to pick which one. So, I, you know, I, I'm just not really on the Jets. And then on the other half, uh, on the other side of the ball, you know, Diggs is a dart throw because he could 
drop a couple big ones on the Jets, but you know they could also not need to throw very much against the Jets. Um, you know the Jets. The Jets can stuff the run, but their their personnel is not what it was last year. They're good up front, but they're hurting in the the whole front seven overall is taking a hit. I don't really know about um, you know the Jets run defense. It could be a thing where they get run on and this game is over rather quickly. Um, you know, if there's a player on the Buffalo side that I want to get involved with, it's just maybe playing Josh Allen naked, like, you know, just not trying to associate him with anybody um, and hoping he gets the rushing touchdowns and, and so on and so forth. But overall, for me, I just think this game feels like a fade. I want to just stay out of it. I think both teams are going to be content to get out with not a lot of injuries. I think the Jets know they're going to pretty much lose. Uh, and I think the Bills want to just not expose themselves and get out of there, get the win. Um you know, they're not going to feel the need to break out everything against the Jets. Um, so, and you know, the, the one thing you could look at here, and I don't love this, but the Jets are 2,100 units defensively. So, you know, you are looking at a, a turnover-prone quarterback. The Jets do have a relatively good defensive line. They could get a couple hits and fumbles on Allen, and that could flip the script in the game, I suppose. But... <sighs> It's a cost-saving move. I think I'd rather save another hundred bucks and go to Washington, um, with the, but that really good defensive line going up against uh, the Eagles' beat-up offensive line. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. Um, leaving the Jets, thank God, uh, and moving down to <laughs> another sort of ugly game. But this one for me is much more interesting because there's some pricing, and now we've got some injuries, and 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 I think both of the defenses are in play. So um, this game, I think. It, Ugly as hell, but somewhat compelling. We'll get into that. We're talking Bears at Lions, okay? First of all, both teams are over 20, so you don't have a Jet team in this game. You know, there's a possibility that these teams could push each other a little bit. Um, let's go to the, the Bears first. First of all, Trubisky, you know, as of now, has won this starting job. I think it was the right call, to be honest. Um, I, you know, if they had had a backup quarterback with more upside than Foles, then yeah, sure. Um, but, you know, I... I I personally think they can go back and forth. I, you know, this whole thing about you can't bench Trubisky and ever bring him back in. I, you know, if that's true, then he's just weak mentally, period, and he doesn't belong in the NFL. I mean, this idea that you know once you bench a quarterback, you can never bring him back to me is just, it, I don't know. It says something bad about the athletes, um, and it, it, not even that because I, I think mo most of the time the athletes are much tougher than a lot of analysts give them you know credit for, beat writers and 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 so on and so forth. But, you know, Trubisky's a guy, we knew this all along. He had he had one season of college football as a starter. He was going to struggle early on in his NFL career, and Chicago doubled down by making him an immediate starter, which was absurd. Um, and we've seen the type of growth um, that you would expect on some level. Um, you know, I, it, it would not blow me away at all if Trubisky made it someday. Um, but he's the kind of guy who really could use some clipboard time. Um, you know, is it too late to give it to him? I don't know. But the but the bottom line this week is he's had a lot of success against Patricia's Lions. This is a team he's done well against. He's 5,400. So if you're looking for a way to pay down a quarterback, Trubisky might be it. He gives you foot points. Um, he's got a fairly narrow target distribution. Pretty much it's going to be Miller and A-Rob, you know, maybe with a little Tariq Cohen. You know, the David Montgomery thing is going to muddle things up. Um, but I think ultimately they're going to have to throw the football in this game. Um, so, well, 
ultimately. <laughs> but but that brings us to the big thing here. Both of these coaches don't mind playing ugly. This is not a game you want to like focus around for this week. By no means would I look to do that. I do think Trubisky and both of his primary receivers, uh, A-Rob at 65 and Anthony Miller at 5K, um, I think all of those guys are in play in various types of ways. Um, and then on the Detroit side... Um, Stafford's a little pricey for me against this defense. Obviously, Galladay is now looking very unlikely to play. Uh, Marvin Jones at 5,500, I think, you know, maybe a cash play. I mean, I think he's got a floor because he's going to be the number one receiver. Uh, it is a tough matchup. Um, but, the, you know, the guy I really like here, and I'm, I'm not getting anywhere near the Lions' backfield, not this week, no way in hell. Um, but the, the guy, and look, you guys probably knew I was going to talk about this guy well, if you read the rankings, you know. Um, but Hawkinson, to me, uh, this week is a play um, for a couple reasons. A, he's priced well. Uh, B, now we have no Galladay. And here, here's the thing. Sometimes you have a guy who's coverage sensitive. So if you get the number one receiver goes out, it's going to change the coverage. And then some of these lesser players will be facing more difficult coverage, and they will become ineffective. Hawkinson's not that type of player. I don't care who you put on this guy. He's going to have a way to beat you. He's going to, he can beat you with size. He can beat you with skill. He can beat you with hands and toughness after the catch. This guy's a beast. And in this game against the Bears, who are having trouble covering Jimmy Graham in camp? Are you kidding me? Listen, if you can't cover Jimmy Graham, you are screwed going up against Hawkinson. So, uh, to me... On a week where I'm looking to find ways to keep these elite running backs in my RB spots, you know, my dream this week is to have three of the, the, the you know, the 65 and up running backs in my running back spots, and then I'm paying down at receiver to some of these really inexpensive options. Um, you know, Hawkinson's a really good way to, to help yourself towards that end because, you know, you're saving two, three K off the big names at the position. And in my opinion, you're not really sacrificing all that upside unless I can get to Kittle. I don't feel like, you know, or maybe. Andrews or something, I don't feel like I'm sacrificing much upside at all. Um, you know, if Kittle came out here and dropped 90 yards and a pair of scores, it would not surprise me. Um, now, is a 4 for 45 day out there potentially? Yeah, sure, sure. But to me, if you're looking at A, lineup construction, you know, how I can help myself, and B, maintaining that ceiling that I need in a GPP, I, I you know, Hawkinson at tight end this week for me is big. Um, and, and that's really the main thing in this game is Hawkinson for me. I want to keep him involved in a lot of my lineups this week. Um, and then, you know, Jones. Jones at 5,500 um, with Galladay out uh, is, is another big thing to focus on. And again, I, you know, Tariq Cohen at 4,900, you could, you could maybe dabble in that a little bit. Um, but I, I, there, to me, there's just better options at running back. Um, and uh, that's going to do it for this game. Let's drop down. Uh, next up is a game that I really want to hate because I feel like both of these coaching staffs are going to like you know plod and run, but the way the pricing is and the way the target distribution works out with these two teams, I think we have to accept that some of these guys um, are going to be good plays just because again just extremely thin target distribution um on the minnesota side um you know dalvin and thielen are going to dominate touches are there some satellite guys who will make some plays sure but so much of this is going to go through dalvin cook and adam thielen cook at 7900 pricey but certainly affordable the way the pricing works this week thielen at 6700 uh you know i think is cash viable and certainly um 
you know, viable if you have a non-Dalvin lineup, maybe going to Thielen makes some sense. Um, on the other side of the ball, Green Bay, um, you know, Devontae Adams at 7300 might be one of the best, you know, dollar-for-dollar dollar, uh, purchases on this slate. You know, in terms of just raw point potential, Adams is just, you know, huge. He certainly could score touchdowns in this game. Um, he's going to go up against a Viking secondary that's been remade. Um, so, dear God, I mean, there could be so many mistakes made in this game. Now, that does open up the potential for, you know, a long MVS touchdown, stuff like that. Um, you know, if you wanted to throw a dart at MVS, I mean, I could sort of see it. Uh, I wish he was a little cheaper. Uh, Lazard at 49, I don't think I could get involved with that. But, you know, um, I really think Adams at 73 is the focus here. Um, I want him in my cash lineup if I can figure out a way to do it. And I think Aaron Jones um, at the nice price, 6900 Um y- you look at this game, you figure the rookie isn't going to be playing a whole lot. Um, Aaron Jones, I'm, I'm struggling to find a scenario where Aaron Jones doesn't get close to 20 touches. Um, and um, yeah, this is a pretty good defense, uh, but Aaron Jones is pretty good too. And Aaron, and Aaron Rodgers has a really good feel for how to get Aaron Jones off. I mean, because he was one of his few weapons last year. So this is, you know, and again, one of these situations where we've got, you know, a lot of familiarity here. The short, wacky preseason is not going to hurt Rodgers to Jones. It's not going to hurt um, Cousins to Thielen. Um, so this is definitely, I think, a place where if we can afford these guys, um, having you know some exposure makes a lot of sense. And I think Thielen and Adams are both viable in GPPs, cash, large field, small field, uh, whatever you want to do. Um, uh, defensively, not too interested here. I can save more in other places. Um, it, I mean, there's a lot of guys we could throw darts at in this game, but really, for me, it is the big four. That's where I want to be, and I'm not interested in the quarterbacks here, personally. Um, so let's move down. Let's uh, let's talk about and here here's a game that you know another one. I think it's ugly for sure, but it is interesting um, just because we are going to see the unveiling of Cam Newton um, as the Patriots quarterback. We're going to see the Patriots playing without Tom Brady, and it's not some situation where when does Brady get back? If he didn't get hurt, he's not suspended, he's not out for a week or something like that. This is Tom Brady's gone, and Cam Newton is the Patriot quarterback, and the paradigm shift is going to be potentially off the charts. Um, the Patriots could come out and run when you add in Newton's runs with all these running backs, they may run more than we've seen them run in a long time. By the same token, this is the Patriots, and they're going to be wanting to throw some surprises at, at the Dolphins. So, um, you know, it's worth noting, Cam 61, very much in play from a money standpoint. Now, uh, how do we play Cam? Naked, I think, is the easy way to do it. Um, you know, Edelman for me at 6K is a little tough to stack. If I was going to stack, I think I would probably just go with, like, Keneal Harry in a GPP and just YOLO it. Um, I actually don't think that's the worst idea in the world. Um, I'm not, I, mean, I don't know if I'm going to do it, but I don't think it's the worst idea in the world. Um, but I really like the idea of playing Cam just by himself, um, hoping that most of this offense goes through him as it should, um, and hoping that they run him a lot, which they should. It doesn't make sense. I mean, come on. I know you're always getting into trouble when you're trying to get ahead of Bel- Belichick mentally, intellectually. It's not a good thing to try to do. But if you're the Patriots and you bring in Cam Newton and he's your quarterback this year, 
and again, you're not committed. The Patriots didn't put like 50 million guaranteed into Cam's body. He's their quarterback this year. Cam wants to reset his value. He wants to be a big dog again next year, whether it's with the Patriots or someplace else. The Patriots want to win. Using Cam Newton's full skill set, letting him do what he does, letting him loose against defenses and letting him run, it it just doesn't make sense to do anything else. Um, now, it, you know, it's sight unseen. We haven't seen him yet. Um, we saw him dancing at practice. That's really the best look I've gotten at him. So there is, you know, I wouldn't, don't take all your eggs and put them in the Cam Newton basket this week. But to me, some Cam Newton exposure makes sense. And if he is healthy, we probably don't see him at 6,100 again. Um, you know, sort of like Russ Wilson. We, you know, if Russ Wilson does end up throwing the ball a lot this year and just goes off, um, he's going to be harder to get. There's a lot of guys like that this week where, you know, get them, get them while they're cheap. Hawkinson, as I was talking before. There's a lot of guys where the pricing is down this week, but it's not going to stay down. Um, and then on the Miami side of the ball, they're talking about resting players, um, you know, giving them snap counts and stuff like that. I don't like Fitzmagic against this defense. He's had a bad history against Belichick. Um, could, could, could Preston Wilson pop off at a low number? He's at 4,500. Yeah, sure. I mean, if there was if there was a guy that I was looking to maybe play, it would probably be him. But when they say snap counts, gosh, they they, they got to be talking about the guy coming off the ACL. So, you know, I, and Gasecki to me at forty five hundred isn't cheap enough to really get all that interested in. So, um, I'm going to stay away from the Dolphins side of the ball here. Um, I'm going to get involved with Cam, uh, and, and that, that's and, and like I said, maybe a little Yolo Keneal stack and a GPP with Cam or something like that. Uh, but that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. Um, And, you know, for anybody thinking about getting involved with um, the Miami running backs, I mean, they're not that cheap. uh, And, you know, their their offensive line could be the worst one in the NFL. So, you know, even if you think the Patriots' front seven took any hits, I I don't think this is the week uh, to try to make any money off of that. And I'm not sure how bad it really is. So um, so I'm going to stick with what I said on that. Uh, Cam is the interesting thing here. Um, And I cannot watch. Uh, excuse me, I cannot wait to watch that game. Um, moving down, the Eagles visit Washington football team. <laughs> I, I, it's, I mean, what can you even say about that? Um, it's funny, you guys know that I never wrote their team name. I, I don't think I've written it in any of my uh, you know, pr- written material at EEI or on Rotobot. I write Washington. Um, so it won't be any change for me, but... Washington football team. How you doing? Um, they are interesting defensively. 2K, they've got a very strong, talented defensive line going up against an Eagles team that's got a lot of continuity issues on their offensive line. So uh, not a lot of time to practice. Got some guys missing. Um, Washington defense... I'm not expecting great things, don't get me wrong, but since I can, it's the full pay down, that's the floor, nobody's lower than 2K, and there's some sack upside, I, I th- it's, a, it's at the very least worth mentioning that if you're really trying to pay down, uh, Washington's a place you can do it, and you know I think you'll scratch out a couple points. Um, as far as this game goes, I mean, McLaurin, I think, sort of sticks out like a sore thumb. The matchup is good. He's working with his college quarterback. You can say what you want about Haskins, but the guy's got a good arm. He can throw the ball deep. Uh, I don't know about playing Haskins at 5K, um, but I do think, you know, McLaurin at 5,600 is worth a shot um, in a GPP. Now, 
logically speaking, you're saying, well, hey, man, I mean, if McLaurin can go off, uh, why not get Haskins in there at 5K? Eh, I think I can find a lot bigger ceilings in other places. McLaurin can have a big day, and Haskins still just has an eh day. Like, that's that's very much in play. Um, and then, you know, I think Sims Jr. at 4,700, on some weeks that number might be enticing, but you just look on the other side of this thing, Djax at 4,900, um, you know, uh, you know, if you're talking about the flex, I might, I, I think I'd rather play Boston Scott at 48 than Sims at 47. Um, so let's actually, uh, there's so much to hit in this game. Um, let's stay on the Washington side for a second. We'll get back to Scott. Uh, Gibson at 4K, I think, is definitely a YOLO kind of play. I, I, you guys know I'm not as in love with Gibson as everybody else. I think there's going to be some getting to know you time as far as the NFL goes for him. I think it's going to be a little bit of culture shock. Um, and not just from an athletic standpoint. From an athletic standpoint, he can obviously hang. Um, but just, you know, finding the holes, you know, you know, knowing his own scheme. There's so much that this guy isn't going to know. We're talking about just a small number of college touches in his career. Um, I want to see it. I'm not. I'm not buying it at 4K. I mean, maybe a taste here or there, depending. Uh, and McKissick, I, to me, there's more upside at 4K than McKissick. Um, you know, if you wanted to do a full pay down at tight end, you could talk about Logan Thomas at 2800. Probably going to play a lot of snaps. He is a great athlete. But, you know, he's I, he doesn't have enough speed for me. When I watch him, he always looks like he's running in quicksand. He's a good athlete. He's big and he's strong. Um, at some point, he could be a guy we talk about. But uh, for this week against this Eagles team, nah, I, I don't think it. Um, so for me, I'm really mostly on McLaurin on the Washington side, along with maybe the 2K defense if I need the money. Uh, and now let's jump over to the Eagles, where there's, I, you know, there's more positive things to talk about. First of all, Sanders is now sort of... Uh, uh, questionable, and he's going to have you know a, a metered workload. You know, you know he'll be on some type of snap count. So there's no way I'm playing Miles Sanders. Um, if he's out, I will absolutely consider getting some Boston Scott at 4,800 into my mix, and that'll allow me to maybe do some different lineup constructions. Now, obviously. That's going to depend on when I get that information. I'm not going to be building a lot of Boston Scott lineups if I find out at 1245. Um, Djax at 4,900. Let's just, I'll just because I, like, paranoid, I might forget this. I don't know if there's anybody better on the slate this week than Djax at 4,900, particularly for GPPs. But, I mean, gosh, at that number, he could not hit and you get away with it in cash. He might be so owned that you don't... I, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a, <laughs> I'm not the greatest cash player in the world. I mean, as you guys know, we were pretty successful last year. I mean, I was, I made money in all my cash. I mean, by the end of the year, I was definitely well in the black in terms of my cash play. But, you know, I, I, you guys make your decision on whether you want to use DJX in cash. I think it's absolutely okay to do. Um, but where he's really going to be, um, you know, viable is in is in GPPs because he's got a chance at putting up a big day. You know, he could go over 100 with multiple scores at 4,900 units, and you won't be able to win if that happens unless you have him. Um, now, I, I can't imagine, you know, most of the pay sites, I've got to think, are going to be advocating for him as well. I've got to think most people can figure this out. Um, but look, Djax is a guy you want to play when he's healthy. He's totally healthy right now. He's going to be going up against a mediocre defense. His, you know, he's got injuries to the other receivers on his team. He's like the healthiest wide receiver. Um, 
you've got Goddard banged up a little bit. Um, you've got the you know ba- little banged up in the backfield. So I mean, clearly, if you're the Eagles, Djax and Ertz are the big cogs this week, uh, and Djax is the one where you get the big price break. Um, but we should talk about Ertz too. Uh, at 5,800 units, uh, particularly if Goddard's not going to be playing um, his normal meaningful role, and I, you know, we'll get better information on that as we get closer to the game. Um, but, I mean, come on. Uh, this team's short in the backfield. They're banged up on the, on the offensive line. Um, so they're going to be trying to get the ball out of um, Wentz's hand quickly. So that's, we all know that's Zach Ertz. Um, or, or this could be like an 11 or 12 target game for Zach Ertz. Uh, so first of all, you know, even if you're committed to paying up for Kittle, I mean, Ertz is viable as a flex. Um, if you wanted to sort of think outside the box, I, he, it's a tough spot for me because I love Hawkinson and saving all that other money, but I would be derelict if I did not mention that Ertz is really in play at 5,800 units. Um, and let's drop down to the next game. And this game is, I think a game that everybody's going to be talking about quite a bit. And I'm talking about Raiders at Panthers. Um, now, the Panthers, I think, are going to play fast. The Raiders sometimes play slow. You never know what they're going to look like sometimes. But the thing about this game, for me, is you know the running backs are so locked in. I don't know if I'm going to have a lineup anywhere this week that doesn't have Jacobs or McCaffrey. One of them's going into my lineup. In in some, maybe I'll even jam in both. But, you know, these running backs, bell cows, absolutely leading their backfields. Depending on game flow, either one of them could play like 100% of the snaps. Obviously less so for Jacobs because you'll see a little bit of, uh, of Richard coming in. But, you know, I, I personally by the Jacobs catching more passes thing. It doesn't make sense that he wouldn't catch passes. He's too good at it. You know, so it you know, it may be a lot of on the early downs and stuff like that. I'm not saying he's going to be the guy in the 2-minute drill because you have to find ways to get Jacobs off the field to save him. That's true. And if Richard's the backup, it makes sense to take him off in obvious passing situations. That's fine. But when you're out there, you know, on a level playing field, first, second down, Getting Jacobs involved in the pass game is just common sense to me, and I think we're going to see more of it this year. Um, so I like Jacobs a lot at 6,800. Um, McCaffrey at 10K, yeah, not easy getting him in, but there is enough loose pricing this week where it can be done, and you can still put a heck of a lineup together. So again, when I look at this game, the first thing that pops off to me is, man, I want to get involved with these running backs. Um, and uh, again, it's going to be, I think, a, a bit of a starting point for me this week. Am I building a McCaffrey lineup or a Jacobs lineup? You know, or maybe in some uh, you know, smaller field tournaments, I might even consider both. Um, but that, you know, the, the, the hits don't stop um, with the two running backs. Obviously, DJ Moore is in play at 6,600. Now, he's not, that's not a friendly price for him. Uh, I mean, maybe a little bit of a friendly price, but this week, I don't think that would qualify as friendly. Um, Robbie Anderson and Curtis Samuel both have potential in this game. But I'm looking for the thicker parts of the target distribution. I don't think I want to get involved there. Ian Thomas is a viable paydown option at tight end, 3,400, practicing in full. Love Ian Thomas as a talent. Um, and then on the other side with the Raiders, um, certainly Waller's in play at 5,900. I'm looking to pay down more than that. Um, and then you could get into a little bit of Edwards in a GPP at 4,200. Um, you know, you're 
buying into a Derek Carr deep ball on some level there, which is, you know, that could be a bridge too far for, for many of us, probably for me too. Um, I think Ruggs is the more compelling option. At 5,100, he fits in with a lot of interchangeable pivot plays this week. Um, we'll talk about a couple of those before we get out here. Um, so I think some, ex- some, some exposure to Ruggs, you know, um, maybe on the other side of a McCaffrey lineup, um, I think makes a lot of sense. Um, the thing about Ruggs is you're playing against a soft defense, um, and, and the, the, you know, the Raiders paid up to get this guy. The, they don't have a lot of other target hogs on this offense. I, I'm, I'm struggling to see a scenario where Ruggs doesn't touch the ball five times. And against this defense, five times might be all you need. So, you know, to me, I, am I building my whole week around Henry Ruggs? No, absolutely not. Am I making sure that I've got some nice lineups where he's there as that cost-saving receiver who could put me over the top? Freaking hell yeah, I'm going to do that. Um, and, and, you know, and then, you know, the rest of this game, I don't really, I'm not looking to play Car or Bridgewater. I mean, I'm not, I'm not ruling it out, but I'm not looking to do it. Um, and now let's drop down to Colts-Jags. And um, this game features a couple more quarterbacks that I don't want to get <laughs> uh, involved in. Um, 6K is too much for Rivers for me, and um, I don't want to get involved um, with Minshew against this defense because this defense, just their whole thing is about not giving you the big play. So I don't know if I want my quarterback involved in that. Um, probably not going to get involved with the defenses either. Uh, the thing about this game that I don't like is the target distribution is potentially very wide. Uh, the exception of that is T.Y. Hilton, who you know is going to eat, and D.J. Shark on the other side, who you know is going to eat. Um, now, do I want to pay up for Shark? I mean, there's a lot of guys that I like at or below that cost level who aren't playing the Colts. So D.J. Shark's a guy I want to get involved with. I think there's going to be a lot of weeks where we can. Um so I, I'm probably going to, you know, I might dabble a little bit with some GPP shares, but probably not a whole lot. Um, the, little, the little kid inside of me says, play LaVisca, Pete, play LaVisca. He's only 4,400. And maybe I'll just dabble in it with, you know, for a little, just a little YOLO FOMO action. But, I, you know, I, I, I want to see it a little bit more from LaVisca. I don't think his price would shoot up with a big player, too. Um, so... I may come to you tomorrow morning and say, I've totally changed my mind. I'm going all in. But I love LaVisca. I want to see him play in this game. But the Colts play fairly organized football. They keep things in front of him. He's going to have to be truly special to do it uh, big time in this game. So probably not getting involved there. Um, so yeah, if I am going to play a receiver, I'm probably going to play Shark there. Now, Ozigbo is out. Ryquel Armstead is out. Chris Thompson is a pass-catching specialist, and he will have some room to do that in this game for sure. But Chris Thompson's also getting older. Uh, he's been broken you know, more times than we can count at this point. I don't think Jacksonville wants to lose him week one. So I don't think this is going to be like 70% snap share for Chris Thompson when they fall behind early. I don't see it. Uh, I think I think Robinson is actually going to be the guy I want to own here, both at 4K. Now, that does open up an interesting conversation. There are some significant potential plays at running back at 4K, okay? Um, and we talked about one of them in Gibson from Washington, okay? That's one. Um, but two others in this game, Robinson and uh, Chris Thompson. Now, one thing you could try, if you can put together just an absolute crusher of a lineup, and I've tried it, you can do it. There's a couple ways you can get there. 
if you put together just an absolute ass kicker of a lineup with 4K left at flex or running back, you know, you put him in a cheap GPP that has some upside, you know, some big prize money in it, and then maybe try the same exact lineup, one with CT and one with Robinson. If either one of them happens to have the big game, you might be able to take that lineup vertically. I don't know. It's just a thought. I may mess around with something like that um, just for fun. And then, uh, you know, on the on the other side of this game, look, a lot of these guys are interesting. Paris Campbell at 3,900 is an interesting pay down option, um, but he's thin. I mean, Paris might get four touches, and if one of them doesn't hit, you're sitting there, you know, holding a, you know, a handful of magic beans. So, you know, understand the risks doing something like that. But there, I do think there are scenarios where Paris Campbell scores two long touchdowns in this game. I think that's there too. So, you know, if... You know, that's the funny thing about, you know, playing DFS. Are you willing to take a low probability option with a ton of upside? Because that's what Paris is. Um, Pittman, you could make a similar argument. If they're moving the ball up and down the field and they're getting scoring chances, Pittman could, could get a couple touchdowns. I'm not playing that. I think the compelling stuff on the Colts side really is Hilton at 58 um, I mean, if he was at his normal, like, 67 or something like that, I'd say, nah, I'm not going to pay up for Hilton. But at 58, I, I mean, I have trouble seeing Hilton coming in below 15 DraftKings points. I feel like there's some floor to him um, in this game. Um, I don't think Jacksonville can stop him, and I think Rivers and Hilton are a good combination. Um, so I like the Hilton play. And then these running backs, Mack at 53, Thomas, uh, excuse me, Taylor at 57. Man, there is breakout potential for both of these running backs to have a monster game. They may both get like 17 carries apiece and put up just solid games. So, you know, I, I don't... And obviously playing rookie running backs, we talked about it. You know, we play... Taylor, and then we find out that Mac's going to get 70% of the juice or something like that. So there's risk here, but the Colts are going to be able to run in this game. Both running backs are not hugely expensive. So there's definitely some room to work these guys into lineups if you want to go there. This is going to definitely be one of the things. If I don't do much with the Colt runners, I'm going to be sweating this out because I think they both have the potential to drop um, multiple touchdowns in this game, and they both have the potential to score long touchdowns. Mack and Taylor can both score from 50 yards out. So, um, you know, th- this is a tough one, and they both have limited reception potential. So they're risky in that if they don't score touchdowns, even if they run well, you know, you could have 15 carries for 90 yards. It's not going to help you. Um, so, you know, you overexpose yourself to either one of these guys and you could be asking for trouble. Um, but there's going to be a lot of rushing production, uh, in this game. Okay. Now we're dropping down to a game that I think is crucial. Talking about the Browns at the Ravens. Um, the overarching theme for me in this game is team on the road with lots of flux and change versus team at home bringing back pretty much the exact same thing they torched the league with last year. So, you know, all signs point to the Ravens crushing in this game. Um, they got the big point total, you know, pretty pretty nice edge on the spread. Um, this game should tease 50 points, get close to it. Um, you know, on the Browns side of the ball, I, I mean, I can't come with a you know, reason to get into Mayfield. I, you know, Chubb in this game doesn't make sense to me. I think they're going to be on the wrong side of the game script for him. Hunt would be in play if he was cheap, but at 5,100, not really cheap. Um, I've heard a lot of smart people saying Hooper should be in play. I don't know. 
I'm not sure if I buy that. Um, Landry, we've heard weird stuff about a potential snap count, so I'm a little bit worried about him. So it, it really, for me, on the Cleveland side of the ball, what I'm looking for is some type of comeback stack um, to add to my Ravens stack. Because if my Ravens stack's going to hit, Cleveland's going to have to do something, right? So oh, I hate saying it. Odell Beckham at 5,900, very tough matchup. But, but, comparing it to last year, Mayfield should have a little bit more time to throw. They've got some protection this year. And Beckham is going to be full Beckham. He's healthy. So in a game where they're going to be chasing and throwing the ball, but perhaps a lot in the second half, Beckham could be the key to making that Baltimore stack work. He hits. It hits more. Um, Beckham probably going to be a fairly low-owned player. And, I mean, how often do we get to a chance to play Beckham at 5,900 units? That's a nice price. Um, so do I want to overload myself with Odell Beckham this week? No, because I think his best is yet to come. But by the same token, I think if you want to get involved with the Baltimore stack, I think you you do want to bring something back on the other side. And, and for me, um, you know, unless you are one of these folks who thinks Hooper's going to be a thing, I think Beckham's the way to go because Beckham can give you that big sledgehammer. Like Beckham can pay off at fifty nine hundred on one play. So, you know, assuming he does absolutely, you know, something. You know, assuming he doesn't get blank for the rest of the whole game. But one big play is really going to be all it takes for him to pay off. And I don't care who's covering Odell Beckham. If he's healthy, he can make the big play. So um, I think if you want to do uh, a comeback stack, use Beckham. Um, and then on the Baltimore side, good God, everything looks good. I think Ingram is in play at 5,500. Uh, I think, you know, uh, Hollywood at 5,100 may be the chalkiest guy out there in terms of someone who's going to draw interest. You know, he's got the name, he's got the price, um, he's got the, you know, you can stack him with Lamar. So I think, you know, Hollywood Brown for sure, Marquise Brown, 5,100 units. No reason for you not to get involved there. Um, now you could say that, He's going to be clear chalk, so maybe fading him and going a different direction. Uh, naked Lamar and hoping that it doesn't happen with Hollywood, trying to differentiate that way, um, use a different player at that price level. Um, obviously, there, you know, I'm going to get to this a little bit later, but there's a lot of good players uh, in that price range. Uh, and then look, Mark Andrews at 6K, a little bit pricey for a tight end, not what I want to spend, but you know. Running him in a stack with Lamar, not the worst option. Uh, the Browns, not you know, definitely soft in terms of tight end coverage, um, and they've got some injuries. So, um, to me, Andrews is definitely in play, and I think the Lamar Jackson Andrews stack is in play. And I, you know, you could go full game stack here. You could double stack Lamar, bring back Beckham, and 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 hope for the big one. I mean, it's from from a cost standpoint, you can do it. Um, but I'm definitely involved in this game. I don't think. Um, I'm going to have a lot of line. I don't think I'm going to have too many lineups that don't have some type of exposure to the Ravens. Um, so there you go. Um, I will probably firm up how I went about this, um, on the Sunday morning pod. Um, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully I've got more clarity by then. Um, okay. Let's look at another game that I think is compelling. Um, Chargers at Bengals. So there's really a lot to cover in this game. Um, I'll start with a quote I pulled off of Twitter yesterday. Nobody allowed more rushing yards to opposing QBs than the Bengals last season. So if you're hoping that I'm going to provide you with a reason to stay away from Tyrod Taylor, you're looking at the wrong guy. Um, he's got a nice price, 5,600 units. He's probably going to run a fair amount. He's got plenty of potential ways he can make big plays with his arm, with Keenan and Hunter Henry. 
So I don't know. I mean, if you want to get a little tie rod action going, I can't say that it's a bad idea. Um, I, I, I mean, I have not made a whole lot of tie rod lineups yet. I think I have one, um, but I'll probably get a little bit of uh, tie rod action because you never know when he's going to put up one of those tie god games. Um, now, where this game really is appealing for me is the two running backs. Um, and I'm leaning more towards Mixon because I think the volume is a little bit more assured. Mixon at 6,700 units. It's possible that we don't see him much cheaper than that this year. Um, you know, they're home. Uh, they want to get the quarterback comfortable. I think Mixon's going to get a lot of carries. I think some short passes to him are in order. Uh, obviously, he's a guy who can make big plays from anywhere in the field. He's a big back, but he's a back with a lot of juice. Uh, and I think he's going to own the goal line for the Bengals. So if the Bengals can be functional, Mixon is going to have a really good day. Um, and, and he's really the, the, the one piece in this game um, that I'm pretty well committed to, probably going to have 50% or more exposure to Mixon this week. Um, so if Mixon goes down early, if he just sucks up the joint, um, you know the whiskey will be you know, will be pouring fast and furious in the Davidson household um, during the afternoon games. Um, well, the evening games, because now we're actually uh, into the afternoon games, right? Um, so Mixon definitely, Ty Boyd, I think, is going to be targeted in this game, but I don't know how much upside he has against this style of defense. A.J. Green I, you know, he's a, he's a compelling GPP option at 5,700 units, but he said, like, what, one or two full practices? I I don't know. I don't know if I have the guts to pull that one off. Um, so for me, again, really, I think Tyrod and the two running backs are compelling in this game. Mixing a little bit more for me because I think the price is lower and the volume is, you know, is, is expected to be higher. The other side of the coin, Eckler at 7K, probably going to be more in that... You know, Mixon could be in the 20-25 touch range at the end of the day, for all we know. Eckler probably will be lucky to hit 17-18. But against this Bengals defense, <laughs> that could be worth quite a bit. So I think some exposure to Eckler does make some sense. Um, you know, the one thing about this game is that the Chargers can try to slow it down. Uh, they, they've got three running backs they're willing to use. It wouldn't surprise me if they came in and, and, and tried to make this thing ugly. Um, so that's the reason I'm not just like buying pieces of this game all over the place. Um, and the next game is a game that I am sort of, I, mean, I wouldn't say I'm fading it, but I'm not going to be as heavily involved in as the pack talking about uh, Brady versus Breeze, the Bucks at the Saints. And, you know, I think for a lot of you guys, this is going to be sort of like, an unpopular take, and by all means, you know, go your own way on this. Um, but the, you know, look on on the Saints side. Obviously, Michael Thomas is in play. I don't like paying up to nine K for him on this slate. I think there's just better ways I can use my money. I'd I'd rather pay down to Devonte and free up some cash. Um, and AK at seventy two hundred for me. I mean, certainly that's a viable play. I mean, I'll probably have some limited exposure. Um, but, you know, I think this is not the easiest team to run against. So, um, you know, I'm not going to get into Manny Sanders at 5,700, not going to get into Cook at 55. Um, you know, so on the Saints side, really, probably some Kamara exposure is what I'm looking at. Um, I mean, don't, I mean, any of these guys could be viable if you guys are feeling it. Don't get me wrong. But for me, a little AK is probably where I'm at. On the other side of the ball, I'm fading pretty hard. 
everywhere. Um, not looking to pay for Godwin against this defense. Not looking to roster Brady. Evans is dinged up. Not sure if he's going to play. The running backfield is sort of ugly. Potential split. Fournette's still early on. Um, Gronkowski at 4,900. I suppose you could make an argument for if Evans doesn't play. OJ Howard, if Evans doesn't play at 3,700 units, you're paying down for a guy who does have sort of slate breaking after the catch ability. So, you know, if you wanted to get, you know, a little. A little O.J. Howard exposure in a GPP, I could understand that. But for the most part, I, I'm looking at maybe the Saints defense here at 2,400 units. I sort of like them at home. Uh, I need to see Tom Brady functioning in this offense, playing Arians football instead of Patriot football at this advanced age before I'm really sold. Um, and this is a great barometer this week for me. If, if they come out and they can play top-down against the Saints on the road, um, I'm going to start buying in. And I'm going to start saying, hey, look, I shouldn't have been so skeptical. Um, uh, you know, I don't think that just because I think it, it's right. But you know, you know, on some level, you have to respect the age cliff. And you know, I for me, both of these quarterbacks are potentially right at the age cliff. You never know when either one of them is going to go over. And you know, for Tampa Bay, if it happens to Brady, they're sort of screwed. I, you know, I don't know if Josh Rosen's going to help them. Um, the Saints, on the other hand, have multiple options behind Breeze where they could go do some things. For all we know, they might play better with Winston than Breeze. I mean, who knows? Um, I mean, it, again, I'm talking in, an, in, a, in a scenario where Breeze age suddenly manifests itself. These guys are at that age where it happens fast. Um, so for me, you know, I, I really, you know, don't love the matchup for either team. I think these defenses are reasonably good. I think the prices, for the most part, are fairly high. Um, and, you know, I, I plan on having a little Saints defense exposure and letting other people uh, get involved in this game. If anything changes between now and tomorrow, I'll let you guys know. Um, and if you guys have ideas for how to sell some of these plays that I'm not high on, hit me on Twitter and and, and, and speak the truth to me. But uh, this is where I'm at with this one. Okay, let's get down to the last game on the uh, on the full Sunday slate. Uh, that is Arizona at San Francisco. So obviously there's um, <laughs> a lot going on in this game. You've got these fires, which uh, apparently are putting the game itself in some jeopardy. Um, I'd like to think, since we're not talking about a lot of fans here, they could relocate this game to a different place. I mean, heck, play it in freaking Arizona. I, I, there's got to be another option. I, I'd hate to see this game get canceled. Um, when this may be the only full slate of games we see all year, for all we know. Um, it sounds like the air is actually trending better. It sounds like this game will actually be played as scheduled in San Francisco. But keep your head on a swivel, you know, just in case. Um, on the Arizona side of the ball, I think Kenyon Drake at 64 is... You know, a small paydown option off of some of the other running backs. The fact that he catches passes, the fact that we're looking at a defense that hasn't, you know, done a lot of live tackling. Um, even though this matchup says stay away from Drake, I think this is a week we can consider him. Uh, I'll have some exposure, maybe 10%, something like that. Um, and then I think Nuke, if you want to get involved, you know. Uh, I, I love him for the season. He's a little pricey at 6800 this week. I mean, I think there are options with similar ranges of outcomes um, where I don't have to spend that kind of money. Um, now, I do think there's going to be a little bit of a pull for this game because it's going to be the last game going probably. Um, 
you know, a naked Kyler could be a play in this game. Kirk at 5K could be a play in this game. A dart throw at Isabella at 3,600 could be a play in this game. Again, this is all about your tolerance for risk and variance um, and how much you like these guys. But I think all of them are in play. Uh, you know, probably Arizona's chasing in this game, which helps all of those guys. Um, uh, but, you know, the, the, stu- the, the stuff I really like in this game is on the Frisco side of the ball, Kittle in particular. I mean, he's just so set to smash here. Uh, now, you do have to pay up 7,200 units, so it goes against what I want to do. Um, but I will be building a couple Kittle lineups um, on the off chance that he just goes out and drops a couple touchdowns and 100 yards and so on and so forth. Um, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo... I mean, you could pay down and do a couple Jimmy lineups. You know, it tends to go one way or the other for Jimmy. Um, and once you lose a GP pay, a GPP, who cares how much you lose it by, right? So I could see some some Jimmy in a GPP action. Uh, I think Mostert at 58 with the Coleman situation um, is something to keep an eye on. If Coleman is, because he's got the sickle cell, apparently, if he is exposed to, you know, really dirty air, he could get really sick. So he may get held out of this game. Uh, if that happens, I think Mostert at 5,800 is in play, and I think McKinnon at 4K could be in play. Um, Debo's out, and uh, Ayuk is not likely to be playing a full complement of snaps. That makes Kendrick Bourne, you know, an option. The thing is, normally we get to roster Kendrick Bourne at 4K. This week, you know, they were ahead of the game on it, uh, and he's up there at 5K. So, you know, do I want to pull out Hollywood Brown for Kendrick Bourne? Do I want to pull out... Uh, Djax for Kendrick Bourne, you know that's that's really the that's the question. Um, if you're game stacking this, I think Bourne makes some sense. Um, in a cash lineup, maybe Bourne makes some sense. He doesn't usually have the yardage ceiling, um, you know, and the catch total ceiling to really be a big thing on DK. So probably I'm not going to get involved, but he's a guy you should at least be thinking about. Um, San Francisco defense is in play at 3,500, but Kyler's pretty smart, pretty smart quarterback. You know, maybe a pick near the end if he's trying to force something, but I don't think this is a great week to use the San Francisco defense just because I think it's a week to pay down. Um, so that's it. That's a full walk of the slate. Son of a gun, we're already getting near an hour, so I'm going to. Um, well, I'm, I'm still gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna fast track the last component of this because I know I don't want to keep you guys here too long, but I do have some stuff I want to go through um, with the position group. So let's get to that right now. All right. So, um, like I said, I'm gonna have a podcast tomorrow uh, morning, and I'll probably like sort of go over the stacks that I decided to sort of buy into at that point. That'll be one of the things. Um, but let's just sort of start off right now with the quarterbacks that are really in my strike zone as we speak. Um, they're not the only guys that I see, you know, merit to playing. Like, I'm not going to talk about Bridgewater, who I sort of like. I'm not going to talk about, um, you know, Matt Ryan, who I sort of like, but who I have a personal jinx with, and I don't want to pass that jinx on to my listeners. So I'm, I'm going to avoid Matt so you don't have to. Um, you know, and I think I think Joe Burrow um, is a guy where I wouldn't mind a little bit of action. Jimmy Garoppolo, I think, has some merit. Um, I've heard some really smart people saying that Gardner Minshew is a play. Um, I, I don't like him against this particular defense, but um, let's go with the guys that I'm sort of focused on here. Um, obviously, Lamar, uh, 8,100 is a number I can get to in some of these lineups when I can. I'm going to. 
enough said. That's easy. Um, you know, whether we're going to stack him, uh, totally up to you. I think stacking him is fine. Um, and I think you can even double stack. I think, like I said, you can bring back a Beckham. You can also play him naked. It really d depends what you're going for. depends what size of a field you're playing against. Um, and then I think Russell Wilson is really in play this week. Uh, I want to get some action when I'm running him. I'm running him with a stack, uh, maybe even a two for stack. Um, but I think for the most part, I'm probably going to try to isolate uh, a, you know, a vertical hookup. So I'm, you know, hope it's a DK day and have some DK lineups and then hope it's a locket day, have some locket lineups, maybe split the baby a little bit that way and then bring back various Falcons uh, in those stacks. But I definitely want to be involved with Russ this week. Uh, I think Josh Allen against the Jets is, he got a lot of floor. He, you know, he's cheaper than the other two guys I've already mentioned at 6,500. So you save 500 off Wilson. Uh, you save what, 1,600 off of Lamar and you still get quite a bit of upside. You know, Allen one could easily uh, run a couple scores in against the Jets. Um, if he throws for over 200 and runs for 50, you got yourself a day. So, um, you know, Allen, I think, is absolutely in play. Uh, Carson Wentz is a guy that, you know, a couple weeks ago, I was thinking, yeah, I want to play some Carson Wentz week one. Now it's going to be a little bit more limited because I think his aggressiveness might be a little bit curtailed by some of these injuries on the offensive line and the fact that uh, Washington can bring some heat uh, with the pass rush. But still, Wentz does have plenty of options. It sounds like Rieger's going to play if they can buy him some time. I mean, the heat doesn't always get there. Sometimes we think a team's going to be all over a quarterback and it doesn't happen. If that's the case, they're hanging their DBs out to dry and Wentz will have a field day. So I think some some GPP exposure to Carson Wentz, um, you know, you know, in a stack with maybe Jackson and or Ertz uh, makes plenty of sense. Uh, Cam Newton, we talked about, uh, probably going to use him naked most of the time. Uh, but I think this is a good week to just you know get a little bit of Cam because if if he, he does end up being healthy and they're going to run him, it's gonna, you're going to see it this week. The price is going to go up. The ownership is going to go up. Um, so I think this is a good a good week to get in on Cam. Don't overload it because if, if, you know you never know what we're going to see. Uh, I I don't want to go all in on Cam Newton. I really don't want to go all in on any quarterback this week, to be honest. Um, it's the one position where I think most of these the one position where I think we're going to get fairly consistent production, typical kinds of production as quarterback. Um, and then the last guy who I mentioned earlier is Trubisky at 5400, playing a defense that you know plays a lot of man, so he's going to be able to take some run looks. Um, you know you know. I, Trubisky hitting 50 yards in this game rushing would not shock me one bit him getting a touchdown with his feet wouldn't shock me and he's got dangerous weapons I mean he just throws a couple good balls out there to Allen Robinson and boom you got yourself some long scoring plays um, I think Anthony Miller in this game um, is a guy who could potentially make some big plays Tariq Cohen can always you know just can take a little swinger and, and turn it into a long game. Cordell Patterson, uh, if they do, you know, a couple little uh, shovel passes to him. So there are ways Trubisky can sort of gump his way to statistics in this game because of the nature of the offense, and he has had success against this defense. So uh, for me, uh, Trubisky is risky. There's no doubt about that. So I'm not going to sit there and stake my entire bankroll on Mitchell Trubisky this week. I'm not even going to do anything close to it, but I'm going to build some lineups with him um, because he allows me to get to some different types of team builds that I can't do with the more expensive quarterbacks. Okay, let's, um, let's drop down and talk about some running backs. And you know, really, this is, man, I mean, this is, you just look at the board this week, and there are so many running back plays that you want to think about and get involved in so many good ones. Um, and some of them are off, you know, 
are off the slate. Like we can't talk about Zeke. Um, you know, we we can't get into Derrick Henry. We can't get into James Conner. Can't get into Saquon. Um, and yet, <laughs> even with you know, you'd think that would sort of like allow some focus. There's still a lot of ways to play these running backs now. You know, just from a standpoint of, um, you know, how many points I think they're going to score, um, the guys that I want to play are McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Jacobs, Kamara, Mixon, and Eckler, um, for sure. Uh, but, you know, the various prices, uh, you know, 10K for CMC and 7900 for Dalvin, 7200 for um, for Kamara, 7K for Eckler... Um, you know, it's pushing me down to Mixon and Jacobs at 67 and 6,800. I think I'm going to have a fair amount of lineups where my running backs are Mixon and Jacobs um, with a desire to pay up to Dalvin and uh, McCaffrey uh, as often as I can find a way to do it. Um, the thing is, I am not going to leave myself... This just isn't a week unless I'm paying down for one of the 4K running backs. I am not going to go stick some, you know, million-to-one receiver in there just to just to complete a lineup. There's too much loose pricing to do that this week. I mean, sometimes on some weeks you can sort of say, well, you know what? This lineup is so good. Even if this guy doesn't hit, I want to try this. But I don't think this is a week to try that kind of stuff. Um, so like I mentioned, my big six running backs in terms of production, the guys I want to find a way to get them in. Um, and the, the the position where I'm very willing to bend on price is running back for sure. Um, very willing to break my, my bank to get McCaffrey and Dalvin uh, and, you know, A.K., Eckler, Mixon, Jacobs in there. Um, but there are some other running backs worthy of consideration here um, who are considerably cheaper. Uh, I did I talked about the Indianapolis running backs before. Uh, th- those guys are in my thought process, but I'm having trouble actually getting them into lineups. Um, but Sony Michelle at 4600, if you wanted to do sort of like a well, the problem with Sony is I don't know how much he's going to get. I you know he could easily have one of those multiple touchdown days. A Sony Newton stack would have some appeal. Um, but truthfully, I'm, 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 I'm tapping Sony just to let you guys know I didn't forget about him. I don't know that I'm going to use any of Sony. Um, the guy I'm really looking at sub-5K is Boston Scott. Now, that's if we get information that Sanders is going to be very limited or out. If that happens, I'm definitely jumping in and getting myself a good amount of Boston Scott. Um, and then there are the guys at 4K that I talked about. Um, you could have as many as four compelling 4K options on my board. I talked about maybe mirroring a lineup with James Robinson and, um, and CT um, for Jacksonville, Chris Thompson. Um, you can also, in, in that same type of thing, you could do that same lineup and use Antonio Gibson in one. If, if uh, Tevin Coleman is out, you could put uh, Jarek McKinnon in there. Um, uh, there are a lot of these 4K guys who could, you know, sub-5K guys who could be viable if we just get a little more good information uh, between now and kickoff. Um, let me see here. Are there any other running backs I need to hit? I mentioned Kenyon Drake. He's, he's probably the one guy I didn't mention there in terms of guys who have... Um, a lot of raw potential, and Drake comes in, you know, uh, 300 cheaper than Mixon. I think for me, I'll probably get involved with Drake, you know, just uh, on a couple teams, um, and it will be nice to have some guys going at four this week, um, but, you know, you don't want to force it for that purpose. Um, all right, let's let's jump down and talk about some receivers. I know we're getting long on time here, folks, but we got more to cover. Let's get into some receivers. Okay, so 
uh, let's sort of the same way we did with the running backs. Let's just start with some of the guys I'd like to be able to roster. Forget about price. Uh, Devontae Adams, Julio Jones, Adam Thielen, DJ Moore, uh, Allen Robinson. There's five guys who I think we can really count on for nice floors with plenty of ceiling. Um, you know, in terms of price, Julio's the toughest one to get to at 7,700. Adams is a little easier at 73. My preference is for Adams. Um, but I think Thielen is compelling at 6,700. DJ Moore at 6,600. And A-Rob at 6,500. So those are all guys I'd love to play. Um, I, I would say probably... Yeah, I, I think my biggest priority would be Adams among this group. And then, you know, because of cost, maybe A-Rob. Um, but when it comes to receiver this week, the really compelling area of the pricing to me is what I would call the 49 to 59 pricing. From 4,900 to 5,900, everybody below 6K, um, there are a lot of really good underpriced plays. Now, we talked about Odell Beckham. He's the guy at 59. Now, he's not a phenomenal play so much as I think he's a compelling piece because a lot of people aren't going to play him. He's healthy this year when he wasn't healthy last year. They're going to have more time to throw, which puts the long game in play, and it's probably going to be a game where they're chasing. So I think OBJ is an interesting piece, especially if you're building um, some Lamar stacks to sort of come back with OBJ. Um, Now, the one thing about that is I wouldn't commit to too much of it. I, you know, there's some risk to Beckham too. So you sort of want to feather it, get it just right. Um, DK Metcalf at 58 could be very chalky. Um, I do think there's some merit to maybe paying up to lock it if you want to differentiate. Um, but I think clearly at 5,800 units against the Falcons uh, with Danger Russ delivering the football, how can we not expose ourselves to a fair amount of DK Metcalf? Um, same price, T.Y. Hilton, uh, probably a little bit of a better floor than D.K. I'm not sure if he has the ceiling in a game where they might be able to put it away early. Like, if T.Y. doesn't get his touchdowns in the first half, we could have a problem. Um, McLaurin, McLovin, at 5,600 in a game where they're probably going to be chasing on a team where he is far and away the best offensive option um, at, at 5,600 units, playing with this college quarterback who has all the confidence in the world with him. Uh, I think you really there's some risk to McLaurin, but I think you're making a mistake if you don't get yourself some uh, GPP exposure to him. He's he's really, I think all these guys, with the exception of maybe Beckham, are cash viable options. Um, so McLaurin at 5,600, definitely. Marvin Jones wasn't on my list, but now with the Galladay thing, he's moving into the picture at 5,500 units. I think he's cash viable at that number. Um, not sure if he's got a ton of ceiling against the Bears, but I think at 55. He's likely to pay off. Um, speaking of likely to pay off, but not a ton of ceiling, I think Crowder for the Jets, there's no way he doesn't get the football, but making big plays and scoring touchdowns against the Bills could prove to be a bit of a challenge. Um, and then you got the two guys I mentioned at 51 before Hollywood, who I think is going to be hugely chalky for good reason. Um, I think you're making a mistake if you don't have any exposure to Hollywood, um, but. By the same token, I think there are ways to play the Ravens creatively without using him. Um, he's definitely going to be in a lot of my lineups, there's no doubt. And then Ruggs, I think a little bit more of an upside play, um, a little bit more risk. Um, you know, a little bit, I think I'm, you know, all things equal, ownership rates out the window, I'm probably a little bit higher on Hollywood versus Ruggs. Um, well, heck, a lot more. Um, but by the same token, um, Ruggs is in a situation where his game may be a little more competitive, um, and his team is going to be looking to show him off. They leaned in to take him. Um, 
Uh, Christian Kirk, I think, is worth a look at 5K. Anthony Miller, I think, is definitely worth a look at 5K. And then maybe uh, the best receiver value on the board this week, again, uh, as I mentioned earlier, is DJAX uh, at 4,900. Um, and then if we wanted to go below 49, um, as I mentioned earlier, Preston Williams is worth thinking about, although I'm worried about potential snap count. If no Golden Tate this week, if he doesn't play, uh, Slayton at 4,700 units uh, is something to consider. Obviously, that's going to be... Um, sorry, that's... Uh, I just want to make sure I get the timing of this one right. Uh, that's the 7-10 game. Um so off the main slate, obviously. Um, Chenault at 4,400, I think, is maybe worth a little bit of exposure in large field GPPs, just in case he hits a couple big ones. Uh, I think Keneal Harry could be an interesting stackable piece, so I wouldn't go too crazy there. Uh, Paris Campbell, worthy of consideration in large field tournaments at 39, if you can stomach the risk. And then if Deontay Johnson sits out... I think we just want to remember that Claypool exists and he's going to be at the price floor. So let's just try to keep an eye on that situation. Um, and obviously that one too is off the main slate. Um, so that's going to do it for the receivers. That's most of what I'm looking at right now. Um, now let's jump over um, and we'll talk a little bit about the tight ends. Um, so really, there <laughs> there are so many guys worthy of consideration at tight end. Um uh, obviously, the, the the guys with the big pricing um, generally are where we want to go because we want to we don't want to sacrifice upside. But um, you know, this week definitely I like those guys. I mean, Kittle phenomenal matchup against Arizona. Mark Andrews really good matchup against Cleveland. They've also got some injuries at safety. Uh, Zach Ertz. Uh, they just, the, the 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 evolving game conditions here seem to favor Ertz um, with offensive line issues. Uh, they're going to have to probably go to more quick strike stuff than they wanted to. That's usually his game. So I think Ertz is going to be targeted a lot. Fifty eight hundred is a good price for uh, the level of action I expect. So really, Kittle, Andrews, and Ertz all really good plays. If you can build a lineup that you like and fit them in. It's not that easy. Um, drop down 500 from Ertz to Hunter Henry, not bad, really. I think, you know, with Mike Williams dinged up, um, you know, Henry and Keenan Allen are going to be heavily targeted. So um, definitely some upside there. Um, Darren Waller, it's not something I'm looking to do, but, you know, he's viable. Um, obviously, the guy I really like is Hawkinson at 4,200. That's really where I'm going to be, I think, most of the time um, if I'm not finding a way to get to Kittle or Andrews or Ertz. Um, but Hayden Hurst is viable. Uh, Austin Hooper is viable. Chris Herndon at 3,300. The Bills are a tough matchup, but he's going to be targeted. He's viable. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, particularly if Evans doesn't play, viable. Ian Thomas at 3,400 units as a paydown is viable. Jack Doyle at 3,600 as a paydown with Burton out is viable. Irv Smith, if that game um, swings in Green Bay's favor, um, you may be happy that you have Irv, Irv Smith if Minnesota's trying to come from behind. Uh, Tyler Eifert. Uh, I don't ever feel comfortable enough to expect 60 full minutes from Eifert, but he's low and he's probably going to get some usage. Uh, O.J. Howard as sort of a GPP, uh, you know, play, I think is viable. I don't know how much I'm going to do it. But, I mean, that's like 15 tight ends I just ripped through. So you've got a lot of choices. And the beauty of it is when you break it down by cost, um, let me just sort of feather this a little bit on my sheet. You break it down by cost, 
And I mean, we're running the gamut from 72, you know, to 31. Um, with a lot of stops, like we've got stops in the 6,000, 5,000, 4,000, 3,000, all with viable options. So on some level, if you're having trouble with lineup construction, it's sort of like with defenses, tight end can be your slack variable. Just build a lineup you really like and then just play the tight end you like that fits. Uh, it's not the worst way to build a good lineup. Um, and uh, That'll pretty much do it for tight ends. Again, I'm going to try to drop you guys a little bit more information in terms of, you know, where I actually landed on a lot of this stuff in my own lineups, but I'll do that tomorrow. Um, so let's hit on some defenses and we'll get you guys out of here. I know we're already at like an hour and 15 minutes, so appreciate y'all hanging in. Now, sometimes with defenses, when it comes to early season play, I like to sort of watch preseason games and see if I see any defenses that are really like flying around and look like they have their shit together and I might try to get into some of those defenses early on but obviously we didn't have a preseason I have no idea which defenses are unified or playing unified or any of that shit so I'm not gonna I'm really not gonna go there at all my primary thing this week is I'm paying down as much as I can um now look are the bills compelling going up against the Jets yeah but uh, it's gonna cost me like 1700 bucks extra to do it and, you know, Darnold could come out and play a smart game and not give up a lot of defensive, you know, big plays. I mean, the Jets are going to lose this thing, but they don't have to necessarily let the Bills have a party. Um, so I don't know about paying up for that. Same thing with the Eagles. I mean, they're viable because, you know, Haskins could definitely make a bunch of mistakes. But I, I don't think it's worth paying up for. Uh, Patriots Miami, you know, that might be the one because, you know, it's only 32 but still about a thousand bucks more than I really want to spend. Uh, I do think the Patriots will have some fun with Fitzmagic. If you have money to throw to defense, I think that's a good spot. Cleveland at 3,100. Uh, excuse me, the Ravens at 3,100 versus Cleveland. Uh, also, you know, some compelling um, aspects to that if I was going to pay. Same thing with the Colts 3K um, at Jacksonville, although they're on the road. Um, uh, Lions on the road. Uh, excuse me, Lions hosting um, Trubisky. That's got some compelling elements to it. And you're only at 2,700 now. So now you're getting into my strike zone. Um, then I think the Seahawks and Saints, both at 24, have merit. Um, Jets at 21 because they're playing a turnover-prone quarterback who's also, you know, a guy. The Jets the Jets can break down the interior of the line, and, you know, Allen is a guy who will fumble. So, you know, some strict, strip-sack fumbles for the Jets wouldn't surprise me. Um, and again, I mean, I'm not trying to say something good about the Jets here. Don't get me wrong. What The appealing thing here is the 2100 uh, price. And then all the way down at the floor, I think I may do this more than anything else. Again, just to get down to the 2K floor. Uh, you know, the Washington football team defense, um, you know, at home um, with the crowd backing and, you know, going against a team that's got some trouble along the offensive line. Trouble where they're going to be missing players, but then continuity uh, within that whole, uh, you know, paradigm. Uh, and then you've got a Washington team where one of their strengths is the heat they can bring with their defensive line. So um, I think, you know, paying down for a situation that's not bad is pretty good. Um so that's where I'm at with the defense. And um, I think that's actually going to do it uh, for this Week 1 DFS uh, podcast. Thanks for taking the trip with me, folks. Um, I don't know if I was really at my best today. I am pretty run down. Uh, I'm a little too old to be drafting until 1 a.m. in the morning, three consecutive nights. This is something I have now learned. Um, 
So hopefully, and it was really just a project, a, a, a byproduct, excuse me, of the COVID year. I mean, so many of my leagues got forced together late. Um, like, hey, we're going to have a season. Let's do this. So I ended up with a ton of drafts uh, in the last week. And I am, uh, as Cliff Craven would say, I'm a half man, Sammy. Um, but just to close out here, we got some, still got some business to talk about. Um, Sunday show coming up tomorrow. With my buddy Jimmy Hackett. We're going to be hitting a bunch of this stuff on EEI from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Show will get posted on the site. So we're definitely going to save some goodies for that. Um, I'm going to do a Sunday DFS podcast right after that. So literally, like, I'm not even using a different mic this year. I used to have two rigs, one for EEI, one for the home. I'm using the same rig this year. So, like, when Jim and I sign off at EEI, I'm going to hit record (laughs) on my home rig and start recording the DFS podcast. My hope is that that thing is posted no later than 10.30. Um, if I'm really good, it'll be up by 10 a.m. Um, and then a potential afternoon pod if I don't get too whiskeyed up. Um, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you, man. When lineup lock hits, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be cracking a beer open or something. Um, and then after that, it is you know back to our regularly scheduled programming, which is gonna feel really good uh, for me. I'm gonna dig into some serious film. I'm gonna watch all of these games from week one, uh, so we can crush the waiver wire and the, fa- the the fab processes on Tuesday night and on Wednesday morning. Um, so look for all that stuff. I'd like to say thank you um, to everybody who donated to the site. Um, Bobby, Joey, I think the last couple days are people who've jumped in with some donations. Um, and, you know, we got more donations this year than last year, so progress is good. Um, it always helps um, when we get donations uh, for the site. So anybody who, um, and, you know, for those who don't know our process, we're looking to prove it to you. Uh, if you've never been on the site before, enjoy it, use it. Uh, if we do well for you and you win, uh, we, you know, help us out on the back end. For those of you who have sent donations uh, this year, thanks. I'm glad that we did well for you last year. Um, and, you know, onward and upward, we're going to do our best to keep crushing everything. Um, and that's that's really about it. Um, really having a good time getting back into football. Can't wait for football tomorrow. Um, and uh, let's not forget our friends on the West Coast. Uh, they're having some tough times right now. Anyway, thanks for listening. Giddy up. you